we should can. we just go through yeah, the names of should. designers and pronounce them? It's time to launch. Givenchy. <laughs> Chanel. Chanel. Um, Nueve. <laughs> all right, let's launch episode 89 of Corporate Lunch now. Go. Uh, right foot up, left foot slide. Left foot up, right foot slide. Yeah, the good thing about Zoom is no one can see, uh, you know, if you're doing it wrong or not. Also, you can do it while you're sitting down because otherwise I think you fall over. You know, if you put one foot up and try to slide, you tip over. Oh, I was just going to say the nice thing about Zoom is I can see all of your cause in the background. You know, <laughs> <our> cause <laughs> statues. <laughs> <sighs> oh shit someone did some some sort of mean uh post about drake's new house and it was like something like three of these photos are from drake's house and one of them is from a karaoke bar <laughs> <laughs> can you pick them dude the Hell memes yeah, the memes off the embassy drake's house have just been Mwah. chef's kiss amazing such um, good content. Shout out to Architectural Digest. Shout out to Dana Matthews. Shout out to Aub- Aubrey Drake Graham. Shout out to Amy Astley. Shout out to the whole Toronto. Yeah. Good core content. Content. I mean, um, I'm here right now and it's it's lovely in Drake's house. Sam, <laughs> Sam's what broadcasting is that room? live. Yeah, which room are you like in? The this Rose is the one or? this is the one where it's Drake kind of, is is hanging out in. Yeah, with his designer. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like a ranunculus ceiling. Yeah. Um, Doreen also, the Saint chandelier. Felix, yeah. Doreen St. Felix pointed out that the chandelier looks like coronavirus. Yeah. Oh, my God. Very, <laughs> yeah. No more, no more spiky spheres in our life, please. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is like the, the sitting room or something. The sitting room. Oh, yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of places sit to, there. to sit in there. <laughs> um. Episode 89 of Corporate Lunch. Will, Sam, Rachel, thanks for being here. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Noah, thank you for having us. Um, Thank you for setting up this Zoom, Noah. I'm your host, um, Oprah Winfrey. And Noah V. Johnson. um, DMs are wide open, as always. Soon, at some point in this episode, we'll be joined by Nicholas Daly, um, the designer, who's going to Zoom in and we'll tell you uh, we'll talk more about who he is and, and what he's doing here when that happens. But just a little heads up because of the unpredictability of, of our new technological reality. People just can appear in your Zoom bombing. Just be ready. Zoom bomb. Zoom Nicholas bombing? Daly is going to Zoom bomb corporate lunch. Um, but also, um, we're going to, our plan moving forward is to have more designers on corporate lunch. Maybe even every week. Maybe even a weekly sort of i wouldn't call it a series just kind of us guys rule ta- number one of corporate in. lunch is do not set expectations for guests <laughs> yeah <laughs> that I was know. like actually the first tenant of corporate lunch i know all right so i was trying to keep it vague and soft but um so we'll see what happens but i think this is part of a feeling that we have which is just like more kind of open communication with the the people in our world especially the creative people who are maybe having a tough time and also probably have some interesting ideas about creativity and a path forward. So um, expect more of that from us. Maybe, maybe episode 90 will have, um, I don't know who you should DM the, the DM Sam Hine activity of the week should be what designers you want to hear on corporate lunch. And then we'll like ignore them and just book whoever we feel like. Talking <laughs> whoever will take our call. <laughs> Um, all right, quick check. Who's wearing their Hermes scarf this morning? 
Me. Uh, Rachel mine. is. You have you got the mushroom joint on there, huh? Do you know Ooh, what year that's champignon. from? Did you look it up in the catalogs to reference the artist and, and year? I haven't yet. I haven't. Well, I know that it's it's originally from the late fifties by Anne Garvani, I think is her name. And she right. does these kinds of like almost like uh like a science book from the nineteenth century. These yeah. kind of prints. It's like a really genus, enjoying this. it's like a genus reference, mushroom genus reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying that silk ASMR. That's yeah. happening. Yeah. I'm getting re- really into uh, fashion ASMR. That, but that's for the vibes. That's for the vibes. Uh, um, Rachel, we need you to like constantly be retying, just like yeah. different yeah. <laughs> d- different ties of the Hermes scarf, like. Like, like the little right. manual that, that it comes with throughout the episode. Right, right. Go through the whole Burke's playbook, Dr. Oh, Burke's. I don't, know if you take need... re- I don't know if you take requests, but that would be a request. Mm-hmm. They need to add the version for the, um, you know, non-surgical mask, like the, the, the public pandemic. Um, oh, yeah. You know, grocery store run. Random Instagram yeah. with the hairbands. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, but, Rachel, are you wearing your scarf today in honor of um, – your scarf, your scarf story. Yeah, I always dress this for was, uh, for my work. <laughs> but um, no, but seriously, what's going on with Hermes scarves right now? Because this is like the status, the uh, the quarantine safety status. What are we calling this? I guess uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's it's a luxury core core. Core core. That's so yeah. good. Wow. Uh, but I noticed a lot of people on Twitter talking about how they wanted to buy an Hermes scarf. Notably, probably my favorite Twitter follower, the artist Sam McInnes, was like, I'm searching for silk scarves. I got to do this my way or not at all, <laughs> which I love. Um, so then I started looking up like Hermes scarves on Twitter, and I saw that a lot of people were tweeting about either taking their grandmother's Hermes scarves or uh, taking out their own kind of cache of Hermes scarves. And then I reached out to the real real and I was like, have you guys seen a, a jump in Hermes scarf sales? And they said, we absolutely have. They were like hard yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And in fact, like the peak um, of people searching Hermes scarf on the real real was the day after the announcement that you should wear a mask. And if you don't have a mask, you could wear a scarf. Just like last week. The- yeah, April. And, went yeah, out. the real real yeah. saw direct results of that. Mm-hmm. I wow. think it's but, such, it's it's a very it's a very great moment in menswear history when, like, I over the years have bought Heidi, my wife, probably like six Hermes scarves, and it's an awesome moment when I can just be like dig, digging into. It's no longer this heteronormative like man buys wife scarf. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's really sick. Yeah, although she doesn't have, she does. She is a huge lover of mushrooms and hasn't does not have the champignon that RST is wearing from the 1950s right now. So I'm on it. Although I suspect that I suspect that um, your post has probably driven up the prices, so it's going to cost me dearly. Well, I think everyone is is freaking out about Kermit Oliver scarves. Mm-hmm. Who is like someone I discovered in the process of writing this story? Who is like. I think he lives in he lives in Waco, Texas, and he is like a folk artist um, and a painter. And he's been and he works at the post scarves. office. 
Yeah, he works at the post office. He's like Amazing. the John Prine of Hermes scarf designer. <laughs> Dude, rest in peace for the god. I know, mm, I know. He's also the, Kermit Oliver is also the only American who's ever designed an Hermes scarf. Wow. It's until you really? design one, Sam. Yeah, I mean, I'm working on a few. That's my quarantine uh, project. Is there more but... known about how they discovered him? I mean, I, I've been aware of Kermit Oliver and people talk about the lore of the the letter carrier who designs Hermes scarves, but like, do we know how he landed that job? Yeah, he was introduced to um, the CEO of Hermes by um, someone from the Neiman Marcus family um, because they're based in Texas. And he had had a, he's had a couple of gallery shows in Texas, or he did have a couple gallery shows in Texas in like the 70s. Um, and the CEO of Hermes, I think was looking for a design to celebrate a store opening in Texas, in Dallas or something. And- um, Gotta get that oil this, money. And this Neiman fellow- Get that crude um, money. Said, well, I know this guy at the post office. <laughs> and uh, Good with a the pen. There you go. I found last night, I found a 70 centimeter Kermit Oliver, uh, orange turkey silk scarf that is currently uh, I've got the tab open I'm just I'm just biding my time I'm that's not going to tell you he, has till Mon- he knows he has till Monday to pull the trigger because that's when mm-hmm. the snap yeah. drops that's right yeah you gotta go but that's the rare go. the 70 is the rare size that sounds very autumnal maybe I'm in like a um, really Super. lame expansive kind of like dad no kids mood today but I, it's pretty incredible that um uh, the turnaround from Rachel's post about Hermes scarves to us all being like, well, let me tell you about Kermit Oliver, who we all know. <laughs> I got a bunch of tabs open. Your man, Kermit. Oh, what year Kermit is that? No, no, no. I don't, that's not my favorite year. I don't, I don't really fuck with that year. It's amazing. I also have a, a, a question that m- maybe Sam will need to delete this, but has... Rachel, did you just say core core off the top or is that something that's already been bouncing around? Because we need to like trademark that immediately. That wasn't fresh off the dome. I took it from someone else. Okay. Well, we should still try to steal it and trademark it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like like we need a massive core 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 post like immediately. Absolutely. Of, of, Of all the like essential gear of quarantine. Yeah. I'll just intro the Big Fits From Home story that's going up on Monday and just make that all about core core. Uh, great. Yes. Yeah. But we also need, we also need like, you know, it's our Mez scarves and um, there's been a lot of talk about the entire world kits and um, you know, let's make it the winners of core core. I feel like I need like a ballistic nylon, like bomber jacket, like the, you know, that Isimayaki one that we shot something uh yeah like you need you need both you need the hermes scarf and the ballistic nylon shell and the sweats like it's a it's it's not all hard and tactical there's got to be soft spots yeah Did I, you s- it, it's pretty incredible that Errolson dropped a big collection right in the middle of this yeah like acronym right now like are you kidding me let's like just back up back up the acronym truck to my house yeah and get me through this curbside pickup yeah that is crazy i wonder uh i wonder if that was scheduled for now and i'm sure he's just sticking with something that was scheduled long before but i wonder if he had inventory or if he 
rescheduled or moved up a drop or something. If you haven't read Chris, got, dear listeners, if you haven't read Chris Gaiamali's profile of acronym designer Errolson Hugh, um, you just got to read it. I reread it this week um, and have been like contemplating. I'm, I got to talk to Gaiamali because I got to understand like what's the acronym extra large for the fit. Yeah. We should we also have Errolson on. Oh, Yo, man. Are you kidding me? We should have Gaio and Errolson on. Yeah. Get a big Zoom party going. I'm, let's, uh, this is a good open source corporate launch. I think we can just leave the core core talk, leave the mm-hmm. like casting future guests talk. Should we do the Zoom bottle cap challenge with Errolson? The kick? Yeah. <laughs> He's got he a nice- He can do it, right? He started he one. He started He did kind of- He did start He was it, first. Yeah. He was the first, he was, he might not have been the first, like the first might have been his like MMA trainer or whatever, but I think he was the, he was either first or second. Yeah. We got to get him on to do it. To prove I think that he, he got really John, do it. He got John Mayer to do it. And then it just, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. We need, we need full acronym, corporate lunch acronym, like uniforms like oh my god know, like almost like kind of like space suits or something like we're all like in the control station or whatever i don't know with like our names chain stitched under the like breast yeah. pocket <laughs> no like laser lasered not chain laser yeah. lasered yeah someone suggested uh, someone someone dm me and said that um they wanted to design uh, it was the guy who made the corporate lunch gifs on instagram he thank suggested you guy. yeah this thank you amazing. that dude he said that we should make a um, uh, corporate lunch themed Hermes scarf design of some sort for <laughs> for our logo. Wow! Whoa. Wow! Wow! Like maybe I, I think we should. Idea. I think we should call it Kermit Oliver. To, I don't yeah. know if we could get to Hermes scarf, but maybe bandanas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want you know. I don't want to sell ourselves short, but um, are any of, are, are any of you farming silkworms during quarantine? Because if so, that could really come in handy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, somebody have Kermit reach out to Sam Hines so we can talk about, you know, fees and, and rights and stuff. Like, does, does Hermes have the exclusive on Kermit's work? We don't know. Kermit. But I still, I still would want the turkey. Like, I would want the turkey in the middle, and then I would want us around it. Our it's like a four-headed yeah. turkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or a hand turkey, and we're on. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's good. <laughs> Mr. Oliver, love your work. Your your photo real turkey designs are amazing, but can you do a hand turkey? With each of our faces on the fingers. You could be the thumb. <laughs> Kermit, do a self-portrait as the thumb. Wow. Well, I'm glad that people are finding um, you know, luxury to protect their faces with. Luxurious Hermes silk. My favorite thing about Rachel's piece is the the just um the acknowledgement that like silk is basically doing nothing for you but like yeah the vibe is strong yeah well it's an emotional it's it's an emotional <laughs> kind of morale booster i think yeah yeah um but the other thing is that i think hermes is like the model fashion brand right now for how to get through the pandemic because they haven't laid that? off yeah. well they haven't laid off or furloughed any of their workers they're continuing to pay all of their workers 15,000 over 15,000 workers around the world and their executive chairmen are taking pay cuts 
which I think that is pretty amazing. When that a lot is of how you do it. Businesses like haven't been able to do that or haven't. Yeah. And Hermes was also growing rapidly through the financial crisis and the recession. Huh. Yeah. They, they are essentially just like apocalypse proof. Yeah. Um, which is a pretty aspirational thing to have built. Well, part of that must be the, that comes with like sort of the benefit of the heritage, right? Like you, at some point, I mean, obviously it's also them making smart decisions and doing the right thing, but they've definitely, uh, when you're a mez, you kind of earn the ability to do that. Are they still um, making scarves and stuff? Do you know, Rachel, are their factories operating at all? Or I think their factories are closed. Yeah. But everybody's still getting paid. The, um, I mean, the other thing that helps is when your audience is the 1% of the 1% who are impervious right. to financial meltdowns and largely impervious to viruses. Right. Because you've got a yacht in Granada. Yeah, you just push <laughs> off. Shove off. Virus hits, shove off. We're expecting Nicholas any minute now, but do you guys want to dive into what's the point of a fashion magazine at all? Does anyone here oh, have an man. opinion? Does anyone here have thoughts Ooh. on that? Does anyone in this uh, quadrant of GQ employees have thoughts on that? Will was, of course, included in this story. I, this yeah, being, I've, I've, got a th- I've got a thought. What the fuck is up with that headline? <laughs> like, what is wrong with the New York Times? Like, I, I just, I can't understand why they're trying to, why they just like can't resist um, a pot shot at magazines, like every time. Yeah. It's otherwise yeah. like a totally cool story. Yeah, this is story been... is really optimistic. Which yeah, is... that's what I was going to say. It's funny because the story sort of tells you, it kind of gets you excited and suggests that there's a lot of interesting and really creative shit going on, which we know there is. And, you know, the headlines serve their purpose and whatnot, and I'm sure this one served them well um, in, the, in the stats. But not just that it's misleading, it's, it just seems like a missed opportunity to, 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 for that optimism, you know. Yeah, like you or if you, if you essentially read the headline without the tone that it intended, it's like, well, the article is actually does a nice job of explaining what the point of a fashion magazine is which right. is to, do- to document the feeling of the times through our point of view. So in the case of GQ, for instance, I'm like incredibly excited um, that as hard and as stressful and as anxiety ridden and as much like actual human carnage, and I ch- choose those words intentionally, the human carnage that is coming with this virus, it has also just been an unprecedented time. And what we do at GQ is we make a document of our times. And I think a, um, a, a website and social media and video and all the things that we do are interesting for that, but particularly compelling um, for an unprecedented moment is a print magazine, which by virtue of being printed and, and, and hard copy and the fact that some people um, take our magazine and they keep it on the shelves and they line them up month after month, and save them is we are in some ways like creating a historical document. And I'm very proud of the fact that um, two, three years from now, um, we will look back at the issues of GQ that we made in this moment. And they will be, I think a a very compelling and only GQ take on what it felt like to um, 
be interested in the stuff that we're interested during coronavirus. So that, my friends, is the point of a fashion magazine. <laughs> There's your answer. I mean, the, the article also mentioned sort of in the second half, they were like, oh, by the way, like, subscriptions are up 85% since last year. <laughs> like, it was yeah, like, so clearly... clearly- People really do like fashion magazines. I mean, it's, it's clear that people are, you know, something is resonating with all of these different magazines with people. And, and I, don't, I don't mean to sound like bitter or anything because I'm, I'm actually totally happy that I participated in the article. I just have found that um, I don't understand why a newspaper that, like us, has a print and digital business um, seems to always go out of its way to kind of like... Um, just like dis and undermine print magazines. I just, I don't understand how that is like beneficial to uh, the ecosystem in which the New York Times is like the unequivocal leader. A print newspaper Um, that also runs two print magazines. Yeah. And like, (laughs) can can you imagine us like, I mean, it, it, it is counterproductive to GQ's interests for us to like drag magazine, I mean, newspapers right now. I would never do it. I love newspapers. I love getting a, a print newspaper. I love reading the New York Times. I love reading their website and, and getting the Sunday edition and reading their magazines. And I think uh, most people who work at the New York Times and their readers probably um, like GQ. So that's why I'm just, it's a bit of a head scratcher when it happens. That aside, I, uh, I mean, to go back to the, the positivity of it, I do think it's like a really interesting time for fashion magazines. And the, I mean, you had everything from um, Italian Vogue uh, printing a just an all white cover. You had Architectural Digest like feeding the meme ecosystem with this incredible um, Drake's house shoot. Um, you know, there's like uh, already, I feel like the, the real... Um, wave of it is yet to come but already you're starting to see interesting responses and magazines uh, to varying degrees of of success trying to express themselves in this moment and then all the reaction to it I I think it's been really it's already been interesting and it's just beginning to hit yeah Um, we've got some some print content coming up that's That, this week um, is going to be a fool. Watch yeah. what I tell you. Yeah. All right. One thing I've been thinking about a lot, I'm not claiming that this is the most no- novel observation of all time, but there's just a really interesting, like, um, slightly um, uh, almost contradictory feeling, um, deep, like, old world feeling to quarantine, which is, like, um, time at home, like, cooking, those of us who have pets, I, I've never spent so much time with my cats before. It's been awesome. I've never gotten to spend so much time with my wife before. And like, excuse me, we like interact in an interesting way with each other's work as we're all, you know, as we're sharing a space and both navigating our calls and all that stuff. So there's just like a little bit of a open sourciness to like your, your, your partner's working life that is really interesting. But it's really about that, like, um, rootedness and homeness and and I think the the feeding are like cooking and feeding ourselves and nurturing ourselves and sleeping and all that stuff and then the other side of that coin is just like um, t- 
total leveraging of the devices and the technology and the Wi-Fi signal in a way that um, is incredibly modern and couldn't have been this way just even a few years ago. The way that like corporate lunch has continued uninterrupted, GQ has continued uninterrupted, GQ.com, the social feeds, we're figuring out ways to do um, video for our, you know, huge YouTube um, channel. And it's all through this tech. So there's this real like, yeah, just this old world, new world, like crash together that is dynamic and fascinating. And I think elements of it are never going to go away. Like long after the coronavirus subsides, I think elements of this are going to stay. And that to me is deeply interesting and exciting. And there's so much there to unpack that I haven't even begun to. Yeah. I mean, I, this is, I mean, kind of old world, but it's been years since I, this sounds so obvious. Maybe it's more of a New York thing, but it's been years since I ate every meal of my day at home for even a week straight. I mean, like, you know, we, we cook in New York, but not breakfast, lunch, and dinner every this day. This podcast is it's, called Corporate Lunch. <laughs> it's based the whole, on the it's idea. It's on the bowl. Um, so that's, that's a huge part of it. I mean, talk about old world. I just bought two pounds of long needle, uh, long leaf pine needles for basket making. So I'm, I'm getting a, a full on. <laughs> Brain explodes. I'm, I'm getting a, a whole, I'm getting a real craft operation going over here. Um, I mean, I am whittling a chair as we speak. <laughs> the sourdough starter was just the beginning for Noah. Yeah, oh, we're, yeah. Not, we're not talking about that. Full artisanal revolution. What, what are some things that you think, what are some ways in which you think it's, it's changed permanently? I mean, everything's changed permanently, but I wonder, it's interesting to think about I guess how much of the old world part of that we can keep with us. It does seem like the new world part of it, which is even new to some of us, like some of us, I think, who felt, oh, (laughs) welcome to corporate lunch. Hello, hello. Good morning. How you doing? Good morning. Good, good. Sipping on some coffee there? Yeah, what are you sipping on? Coffee, tea? Uh, it's actually a little brew I've made some ginger and lemon and honey and you know all the good stuff nice yeah immunity brew that's it that's it that's it where um where are you where are you at what's this where are you located right now Uh, I'm actually in in my studio Um, luckily enough I'm only about a 20 minute walk from my flat in North London to my studio um, so I'm still able to, to come in and continue to try and do as much as I can under the situation we're currently facing. Um, yeah. but it is just me on my own. It's still very eerie, you know, sort of, but, you know. <laughs> what's that 20 minute, what's that 20 minute walk like? What have you been seeing on your walk and not seeing? I mean, I guess it's, uh, a lot of face masks, a lot of quieter streets, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's the same everywhere. Just this this very eerie kind of, um, I don't know, just like, you know, these 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 places which are constantly busy, like shops or supermarkets or, you know, bus stops or whatever, they're suddenly just completely desolate, um, which is just quite a, an eerie feeling. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's the same globally, you know, the places which are locked down, um, which is obviously quite a big change when you're in such a, you know, um, 
sort of uh what's the word like you know like the city of london it, it's always constantly moving people yeah. are constantly working you know it has such a high pace of energy so it's obviously very shocking when suddenly there's just this massive hole on, yeah. on everything and i guess that's the same for like, like you know have you started to find a new routine of sorts uh i guess we all probably have changed yeah <laughs> uh you have to adapt um yeah i guess just getting up doing exercise um i've actually been recently getting into um karate um because my girlfriend she's a black belt oh shit. so, I, so, <laughs> so prior, <laughs> prior to covid19 i'd i'd done about 10 sessions at the dojo um in uh, central london um and then uh obviously this happened so i thought right i'm, I'm gonna keep keep training and then um and then try and keep uh, my sort of physical exercise but the but the karate is good because uh when you do martial arts you, you're very zoned in you know it's like uh your mind and your body to like make sure you you know uh get the moves correct or like you know you go into a form of like meditation in some respects yeah. So you need I to find a I, you need to find a YouTube dojo. Yeah. I, I, there's there's loads happening like the, sure. the whole karate <laughs> community, which I've suddenly been like engaged with. There's like zip, the, there's zooms with like one of the the highest um uh, Dan you know like senseis in the world from Japan um uh, and also here in the UK. So they're 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 doing live Zoom links with different senseis globally across the world. So I've <laughs> That's been, amazing. Uh, yeah, I know. It's crazy. Yeah, so I got this like guys, Spanish say or Belgium or Germany or guys in Japan and everyone's like doing all the karate moves. So, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, so cool. Yeah. We were just talking about, just before you joined, we were going in on like this sort of the, the new world that we're all now so connected to in terms of technology. And it's like, before all this went down, we were on our phones and we were FaceTiming with family and texting and emailing constantly. But it's just a new level now. Like the fact that we're even doing this now with you, but just the way this engagement with technology suddenly became like so sophisticated and so much part of the whole, the whole day. I mean, are you doing like, we're in zoom meetings most of the day with like other GQ people and, you know, we're still making the magazine, making the website. Um, yeah. It's just wild how quickly we adapted to it. Fortunately, I guess all that stuff was there. I never, you know, I never cared much for Zoom until I had to. I knew, I knew we had it. Once in a while, same, it would be yeah. like on a TV. But um, yeah, I don't know. Do you feel like your whole your uh, technological life is just like leapt light years into the future? Oh yeah, totally. Like the same with you with Zoom and and other like software applications, which. Um, you know, we're having to adapt and use like even on some of the projects for, you know, uh, the, for this upcoming spring 21 collection, which have um, been sort of working on, you know, we've been doing design meetings and screen sharing and, you know, like going through the, the CADs and um, trying to push forward as much as we can creatively through the tools, which are, um, you know, out there. So yeah, like definitely, but I, but I'd never used a zoom, you know, prior to, to COVID-19 and like yourself, some sort of on it at least three to four hours per day, probably <laughs> when you yeah. add it all up. 
you know, yeah. every design meeting or interview or, you know, trying to speak to my distributor in Japan or, you know, it's like a, it's like a constant kind of thing. So yeah. Yeah. Sort of um, uh, trying, trying to adapt. I think we want to ask you a lot more about, about adapting and creativity through this time and looking forward, but I just want to do a quick, like jog through the backstory for, um, for everyone here and, and for the, the, the CLU, the corporate lunch universe. Um, you're, what I know about you is you went to Central St. Martin, you worked for Nigel Caborn, which is, I don't know, if people don't know who Nigel Caborn is, you should learn about him. He's a really eccentric and wild uh, kind of design yeah. legend, English design legend. You did some work on Seville Row. You worked at Dover Street. Um, so some pretty impressive credentials. My question for you is what's the first garment you ever made? What was it and why did you, you know, what were you trying to do when you made it? Wow. Um, that, 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 that's actually a good question. I don't think I've had that question before yet. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to stump you. I thought you'd be like, oh, I made this hat when I was 12. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess... You could just like, make something up. No, well, I mean, it depends. Because like when I was younger, like in my teens, like when I was worked at this like streetwear store in Leicester, because I'm from the Midlands, so... Um, the store called Wellgosh, we had like Stussy and Carhartt and Silas, like all like the original like streetwear brands. Um, and there's like a military store there. So I used to like go in there, pick up some, some like flak jackets or camo and like over dye it or like stitch it with some of like my Carhartt jeans, you know, just like things, just like, I guess like DIY, that kind of like initial yeah. kind of idea of having something of your own or something someone else wouldn't have. So I guess that's kind of like a very, very early start of me sort of designing and, and processing and looking at product and, you know, vintage hunting and, you know, um, much to my mum's uh, sort of uh, dismay because like the, the washing machine would just be like black dye. And then my mum would be like, <laughs> well, stop dying with the washing machine. Go do it somewhere else. So like you put her neck loaded and it'd be all black. So, so... Uh, <laughs> So obviously, you know, there's there's a there's a there's there's the fun side to it, or like the comical side. But that's kind of, I guess, where um, it initially started. But obviously, probably like my first full garments was probably when I was in at Central Saint Mines. There's okay. a project in the first year called like the White Project, where you just have to use white fabrics. Um, so it's all about silhouette and shape. So that was super challenging because like pr prior to that, I hadn't really sort of um made a garment from like from start to finish so um so i can always re remember that like 4 a.m like classic fashion school like story 4 a.m on the sewing machine you know no speed <laughs> hand sewing you know or like fabric everywhere on like on my like living room floor yeah it was a bit of a what, what were those but, first um, pieces what did you make uh you know what i can't even really remember i, th I think it it was it's like some sort of like military, it was still sort of military vibe, like utilitarian kind of jacket with, with some trousers, which kind of, I, I, you know what, I can't, I, that's a good question. I think I should go back to it because I've done so many pieces now, like you trying to remember that, like, yeah. Um, yeah, but some sort of like trouser, which kind of had pockets, which could like go back within, you know what? 
Let me Come check, rain check, yeah. and I'll get back to you. I'll send some photos. You got right, yeah, you to have a hard drive somewhere. There's got to be a yeah. hard drive somewhere with this stuff on it. You yeah, hear yeah. a lot about Central St. Martin, and obviously some real heavyweight designers came from there, um, part of you know yourself included and your peers, um, like Grace Wales and Kiko, and as well as you know legends that came before mm. you. Was there, when you were there, did you feel immense pressure to like, was there immense pressure in there to make make good stuff? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, like, you know, because, you know, when I was deciding to go to St. Martin's, like, you know, there's a lot of, like, you know, the the class of all the previous designers who have come out there, you know, John Galliano, McQueen, um, like we said, more contemporary people like Kiko or who else is there, Craig Green, et cetera. Like the list just kind of goes on and on and on. And then even people who aren't established brands, people who work at like really top uh, houses like a Balenciaga or Lavan or all these other stores or Tom Brown, et cetera. Like I'm, I'm sure you'll find St. Martin's uh, graduates um, in those positions as well. So I, I guess definitely there's like a feeling of pressure, but also like um, it's sort of uh, like this community feeling like you know like when you're coming from that institution that you know that there's a really good um kind of uh network of people across many different places across many different regions and countries which i can like connect to instantaneously through the fact that we've that we've all come from this one very established uh sort of arts institution but i think that's probably the one of the best things we have here in the uk in terms of like you know, yeah. so St. Martin's, Westminster, um, Glasgow School of Art, like, you know, um, yeah, like the list goes on, like Manchester, like, like, like th there's some really, really good um, art, art, art and design universities here, which obviously have quite a um, good, like, rep reputation and legacy. So I think that's something which we have um, here in the UK, which, which we should be proud of in yeah. terms of our sort of design schools. So... Yeah, but pressure definitely, definitely lots of pressure. But <laughs> at the same time, you like you grow under pressure. You know, like that's when yeah. you feel like you know, it's like that. Like when you reach the edge of something, sort of dipping into the unknown. That's when you know that you're going to grow. So that's kind of how I look at things. How was the? What was the process for you of when you were? Uh, working for other people and then as you just said there are people that you know came from st martin's that probably have some of the um top design positions at some of the bigger fashion houses what was some of the calculus in your head over the early parts of your career about like taking jobs other places versus you know incubating the idea of starting your own thing and then eventually like taking the plunge to 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 really start it mm. I mean, I guess for my my experience was obviously at St. Martin's, it's very like, you know, um, design, 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 create, 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 like more drama was one of my tutors things. Like we need more drama, more drama, more, <laughs> more like, you know, and I'll be like, okay, I don't, I'll try and articulate that through my work. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was like, you know, and they're very much about like, you know, just nurturing you as an individual. Like, so Chris knew who's the head, who's, who's been at the head of the BA menswear course for, for over 10 years, I think now. So, you know, just like, just be you, just, just follow on what you believe in. 
Um, so, so my graduate collection, um, that was actually bought by um, Beams Japan. So they were my first stockist. So they saw my graduate collection coming out of St. Martin's. Um, so I met Yuji, Yuji, Yuji Yamazaki-san and Tetsuo Hino. And Yuji's like one of the guys at Beams, like one of the, like the MDs. And uh, yeah, it was just mad to like be in that scenario so so quickly at, out of St. Martin's. And uh, that that was never my plan. My plan was just to create a collection which I felt really strong about and had all the references and I was just lucky enough that that happened but obviously that's like you know I think everyone has their own scenarios so some like like, like some people go straight into like design positions you know at different houses or some people take a break or you know or some people like myself somehow manage to coordinate and get their collections through to to actually be be sold so i think that that is the one thing with st martin's i think buyers and press do look at st martin's for you know generating like the next the next like idea or the next designer or like the sort of more more forward thinking and and so i think that's the one benefit in terms of coming out of that institution is that there was already like i kind of on the like uh, horizon, just like seeing kind of um, what each year produces. So, and I, and I was lucky that I got in that position to, to have such a great store like Beams Japan, you know, like, yeah, that's crazy. I don't know how many stores I got globally across <laughs> Asia a lot. So, and then, yeah, so then, and then it was in the International Gallery Beams, which is their store in Harajuku, which is like their yeah. top tier one. Yeah. So, really nice it, store. Yeah. It, it was pretty nuts to, to, uh, to sort of like, I mean, I mean, my dad thought beams was like, you know, like house beams. He's like, who beams? <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, you know, your parents just have no idea. So who bought yeah. you beams? Like, Construction job, beams? yeah. I know, that yeah, he thought was like laboring, laboring place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're going to fashion school now, you're building houses. What's going on here? Exactly. exactly. That was five years ago, right? Was that? Yeah. That was, that, yeah like yeah, your first collection. Yeah. So this, yeah, so yeah. Beams came along and said, all right, we'll take it. And you're like, what? I'm just like <laughs> a student here. And that was the beginning of Nicholas yeah. Daly, the brand basically, right? Like when they bought it, was Pretty did much. you have a moment where you were like, shit, well, I guess I have a brand now. <clears throat> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, how am I going to do this? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, like they were super supportive actually, you know, because they knew that I was fresh out of uni and um, they had, you took the plunge like I think a lot of retailers and wholesale accounts like I don't think you would get that level of support from well I think it'd be, you think it'd be very 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 rare to have that level of support from like um like a wholesaler like almost backing you you know basically like putting in the first order you know helping to go through the processes of production and shipping and invoicing like I was calling uh, like Tetsuo and Yuji like every day like oh how do I do this da, 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 da. And, and they were so helpful and I think mm. working with a Japanese store and I guess the culture of Japanese and you know the idea of like you know you know sort of um to the word is like in terms of payments and things like this like they're all on the level like they're not there to try and like pull any sort of tricks or fast ones from my experience so far de like dealing with japanese stores and stockists and 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 the people what i've communicated with so i think in that sense like uh, like that was a good place to start as a as an emerging brand with 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 someone like that who 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 was willing and open open and supportive to try and sort of make my brand 
you know, come to market. So, but obviously they wanted the exclusivity. So, <laughs> so, so <laughs> they, they, there's obviously, there's obviously, you know, commercial parameters within that, but that's yeah. all cool, you know? So um, I, I've been stocking my stuff at, like ever since. So, yeah. Who were your design heroes or, or who are, who are they now? Oh man. Um, I remember you saying, didn't you at Dover street, you worked on mostly with junior, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like when I was, so basically like, you know, although beams came in to, to sort of like buy my collection, like I couldn't survive off that. So I was still working, um, at Doe street market in London, um, you know, to, to pay, to pay, to pay the bills. And obviously it's a great place to, to meet a lot of other designers and stylists. Like I've been working closely with Stephen Mann, who's like a really, really great stylist, but works for Kiko and Arterix and, um affix and you know i met him through dover street you mm. know i've met isabella burley like one of the editors in chief of days like we work together on a sunday shift so there's like there's like loads of things like you know a bit like with csm i think also dover street the one thing which is the nice thing about it is like the community of people and creatives what you know um are on the same kind of path to like grow their creativity and i think that's like quite a nice thing and then you know to have my own collections now stocked there and like speaking to Adrian, you know, like we did a whole sound system takeover last year and eight and eight and, you know, we had a lot, like lots of people come down and like all the ex staff and current staff. So yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely like, um, a really nice thing to have, to have that kind of, um, uh, sort of, um, structure or like, um, yeah. What's the word kind of, well, it's a community. Uh, Community, yeah, community. yeah. So, 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 and then, and then, you know, from from Dover Street, then I was still doing um, some freelance jobs, and then with Nigel, you know, working with Nigel was like, um, you know, like in terms of like British designers, like he was obviously someone I, I always looked up to in terms of like his research and his authentic story. Like Nigel is Nigel, like whoever's met him, like he's just like he says it how it is. Like this is what he believes in. He loves vintage clothing. He loves military stuff he loves all of it and he's been doing it he's like made like over 100 collections like you know it's nuts and like paul smith used to intern for nigel and, and all this stuff it's just like you know he's just like such a he, his passionate drive almost at the age of 70 is like nuts like i don't know you know because he always said like says to me that he wants to basically drop dead like doing this job like making a parker yeah, <laughs> making a Parker coat. He wants a drop dead making a Parker. But that's nice because he just, he just, he's 110%. So obviously he was somebody who took me under his wing. And um, for that year, that year and a half, which I worked with Nige was really good because um, I learned a lot about manufacturing and um, being like a small niche menswear brand and how to, you know, go through the, the, the hoops and, you know. So yeah, so Nige was obviously like, um, a really sort of like hero and someone who I looked up to and I was very, very sort of, um, you know, happy that I was managed to be part of his team. Um, and then probably, probably like, you know, I mean, probably the, the one designer constantly is pro probably Yoji Yamamoto is probably the one mm -hmm. who I've looked at the most from the beginning. Um, just from a design aesthetic through to, his philosophy and ideas and how he's presented his work and the legacy and how much of like a 
forward thinker, like even doing the Y3 stuff before this like high fashion sportswear thing came together. Yoji was on that like years ago with Y3. So, you know, it's quite, it's quite interesting, you know, to kind of see Yoji still, 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 still going at it. And, you know, um, yeah, so probably him as a designer. Um, and I guess like with Junior and Ray and, you know, you know, to, to, to be a Dove Street and see all the Comme des Garçons brands and, to sell it and wear it and, and understand it was also like really like important in terms of other designers. So I, I don't think my brand in Japan, there's obviously like a conversation there, both from like inspiration to, to, you know, it's like my main market and things like this. So there's definitely like a conversation from, from many different levels between, between my brand and like the Japanese like market and culture yeah. and designers. So. There are a few Yoji fans on this podcast. So that was, oh, a, right, that was the right answer. How would you frame what um, it has been like to, to be the designer of a, of a, you know, independent brand like yours uh, through this crisis? What have your focus has been and some of the, the challenges and what are you thinking about in terms of opportunities? Um, yeah, big question, isn't it? I guess, I guess, I guess all industries, all designers are going through um, similar strains, you know, from the smallest to the biggest, I guess it's just like having that survival mentality, I guess, in, in some respects, like trying to, um, you know, there's obviously grants and funding like the BFC just put out the COVID-19 crisis fund for British designers to apply to, which is like um, goes up to about £50,000. Um, so obviously going to be applying for that and like Arts Council. So like this now they're starting to have some more grants and funding um, for brands like myself and other designers in the, the like the UK to start um, uh, sort of... Um, looking into to try and uh gain more cash flow like now like now yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> to like to, to keep to keep things moving but i guess in terms of like long-term stuff um you know i've been developing like our um website and e-com and stuff like trying to work with this web developer for like quite a f um, couple months now so um it's almost come at good timing in some respects because you know currently i don't have like an e-com but uh, i think that seems to be where everyone's going to be shifting now um globally so in some respects like starting karate like when i did and starting to develop a web like an e-com web plan a few months prior to this madness was was actually not bad timing so we're hoping to like push on that and launch it um as soon as possible um but yeah but in terms of the day-to-day -day, i guess like what like what i hope is like you know to have london fashion week and paris fashion week both in june completely cancelled and you know um it, it, it is a real shame because obviously you know all that creativity that 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 platform you know like you know as an emerging designer like to, to not have that you know that physical exposure and space and you know, especially for my brand, because like I put so much into it in terms of those 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 shows, like yeah, you know, their fashion shows, they're like music gigs. We have an after party. We've had poets. We've had all sorts. Like my my like, I, in terms of what I want to do with my shows and presentations at, at Fashion Weeks is like trying to develop it further and have something with more 
culture and community aspects. So that is a shame that I won't be able to do that this season in June. But at the same time, you just have to think of new ways and, you know, um, different mediums and platforms which I can interact with to still project the Nicholas Daly message. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, everyone's going to be on the same wavelength. Just, I, I guess we just need a bit of time to, to kind of re reconfigure and, you know, um, and then start trying to just keep just because we can't stagnate, you know, like still need to, to keep moving. I think that's the most important thing. Just, just, just trying to push things forward as much as possible. Yeah. And to, I think it's so important for all of us, you know, regardless of which side of this, um, you know, both the business and the creative enterprise of this is to, to say, to use this time. I mean, it's so beautiful to hear you talk about the way you've used the time to like both work on your karate and work on your e-commerce site. But the, so to look at this time where everything has ground to a halt at obviously great human and economic costs, um, but to look at it as an opportunity mm -hmm. and to, to where we can ask these questions about what, what about the way that the fashion system worked or the, um, you know, you know, for you, the design and production apparatus for us, the way, you know, the magazine ecosystem, what about, it was really serving us, especially as representatives of something of a, of a new generation as we are. And what about it was not serving us? And what are the opportunities going to be coming out of it to sort of rethink and rebuild in a, in a new way? And hopefully, um, it almost feels like it would, it would dignify all the costs of this, of this moment that have been so brutal globally, if we can really do some good creative work you know to like um uh to take this time where we've all had to kind of go sit down for a bit and really use it for for something good yeah nicholas I, i'm sure you've spent a lot of the last couple of weeks um you know chasing down payments and trying to keep full orders moving along we've heard a lot about uh independent designers and and what it means to keep the business going at this time, but have you had a chance to like, to get into the studio and put on your, your designer creative hat and just kind of get that out of your mind for a minute to think about some fabrics and, and silhouettes and, and what, what the, what the fashion might look like, or are you still working on getting like, there? I mean, that's always been a challenge from the beginning, you know, trying to deal with both the business and the creative side of things. But yeah, definitely now um, that uh, the sort of creative side has taken somewhat of a, yeah. of a um, like a reduction. Um, you know, I'm like rethinking my whole spring 21 plans and like developments, which we might have had. We've sort of might, we're going to put them on the back burner. Um, you know, but I'm still planning to present our collection for this uh, June um, spring 21 uh, season. Um, again, like what I was saying, like, I don't want to stagnate. Like, I still need yeah. to create um, um, not all the stores and, uh, and, and, and um, wholesalers will be able to, to buy into it. But the ones who are, then they still need to have new products and new styles launching on their website and like a new story to run. You know, that still needs to be apparent. So I'm still pushing on that front, but yeah, in terms of, you know, the fall, the fall season, which is obviously um, like the next like delivery and what the production is currently going through. I'm just speaking to all my accounts and 
trying to work out like um like a new strategy in terms of the production like trying to minimize i guess it's just minimizing damage i think that's what yeah. everyone's trying to do you know like even our governments you know they don't know what they're doing no one's had been in this covid19 scenario like everyone's just trying to to manage and to to minimize and to reduce you know people you know from 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 this whole crisis so i think that's why i've just been emailing all my stockists and accounts and just saying look like you know do we need to make reduction reductions these styles are going to be cancelled like yeah. da, 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 da. so it's just having that conversation so at least that you know that everyone can um can like move forward and you know have things which is manageable and 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 uh and sort of keep the keep keep the momentum going as much as possible so but yeah but you know it's definitely not a great scenario like you know um you know there was you know at least one stockist has completely just like folded and just said look like winter 20 is not even happening for us so you know um so it's it's uh it's it's definitely like um worrying you know that hopefully like you know um some of the independent stockers which i sell to you know i do hope they can ride through it as well you know because yeah. obviously your your supporters and your essences you know they might be able to to sort of pass through this but the smaller independents you know i do hope that you know like my brands you know that we still manage to to navigate enough flexible and nimble enough to get through this um, and hopefully like to continue to, to keep pushing our products. So. One, one thing I've seen floated from some sort of industry people is that a, um, a positive outcome of this down the line would be a, like a restructuring of the industry in a way that potentially allows for kind of a more fluid system of like sales and, and retail and showing and all that stuff. Like, you know, we're, we've been in this funny place where it's like winter jackets go on sale in August and then they're discounted by October and it gets weird. And, um, yeah. that's just one thing. Are, do you have some things that you'll be working towards or hoping will, will really change or, or systems that'll work differently? Um, on the other side of this, I mean, you make, you do pretty elaborate and incredible productions for fashion week in London. So I, I would imagine you want to keep keep a lot of that going um, with the musicians you work with and other things you do, but are there things you've kind of got on the mind that, that you've thought or felt just kind of don't work and might change on the other side of this? Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess kind of what we touched on before. Yeah. Just, just sort of rethinking and reconfiguring like what is essential and what is the, the real, the real narrative or what are stores really buying into, you know, like we make these, you know, like, you know, especially my last collection, like that was my first full runway, like 27 looks or whatever. Um, you know, all the styles and manufacturing and sampling, like, you know, there is a lot of ex excessiveness there when you're doing those shows. Like you might not even show all the jackets or all the trousers or whatever. We just got to do it. So, yeah, but I mean, unfortunately, that's kind of like the nature of the beast. But, you know, I definitely think there's 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 definitely ways everyone can look at personally you know and try to adapt and change their behavior but i definitely feel like in terms because you know especially with london fashion week there's been a big conversation for a long time about the women's and men's fashion weeks coming together because obviously mm -hmm. they were and then they split and then there's now there's even more of a debate about whether london fashion week should be 
together and how that would help or you know like would that streamline and you know in terms of costs and yeah so I think there's lots of conversations you know floating about in terms of what could be done to restructure and rethink um yeah but from my side I think I think like I'm just just looking at the really core styles and core pieces and core mm -hmm. fabrics which really I, I identify me as as my brand and maybe just like just starting with that and sort of trimming down or slimming down in terms of where um you know i feel that you know that might not be as necessary as yeah. before um but with the shows as well you know like like what i said you know it's uh it is a shame for me because like because i just throw everything at it you know um <laughs> and try and make it into this big celebration of lots of stuff so yeah like again I, i'd look into that again and and see what could be done you know for future shows hopefully um yeah hopefully that you could, there's still a great way for you to express yourself in that that yeah. like all that all those multifaceted ways even if the yeah. the way the fashion show system works uh evolves yeah. you know um but that that has been such a like um powerful part of what you've been doing that just like that the expression and the extension and the the attitude and energy of your brand goes far beyond just like um, the pieces. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, um, and I think that's the one lucky thing which I have um, now that we're in this is like the, the, like the community of other creatives, which I've connected with like Shabak Urchins, like he performed, you know, we've been chatting about maybe doing some stuff like, you know, digitally, like, you know, with like, with what we can do and then like all the DJs who have like sort of um, either played at my shows or friends of mine, like, you know, think about doing more interactive, like within the music and fashion worlds and um, even Gaurab Talek, who's like an illustrator. He does like a lot of the posters and artworks. We're talking about other things like animation and, you know, so I definitely think like the network of, of artists and community and DJs and, you know, all these people who I've connected with over the last, few seasons as a brand like now I'm able to like have those conversations with them because we're both in the same position it's like what yeah. well, what like what can we do what can you do with your saxophone what can I do <laughs> with my platform and, and like yeah. and like my aesthetic and like you know that 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 conversations which I have with all these different um artists and creatives um because obviously I'm like a big believer in like cross-pollination and you know trying to shine a light on many different things whether it's the craftsmanship or whether it's a musician or mute or like you know family history or whatever you know it, it's definitely something which i still want to try and adapt and use within this now sort of crisis and 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 change of direction in terms of how people communicate now and potentially for the foreseeable future for sure so i think that's the one lucky thing I have with all that sort of um, energy and time I've invested and other people have invested in me, you know, through our creative platforms that we can hopefully come together and, you know, still manage to create something quite interesting for, for people to sort of connect with. Who have Christ, been some art crises have come and crises have gone, but the saxophone and beautiful clothes <laughs> abide. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. 
Um, also, it's like it's like crazy, like like you know, because like Shabaka and like uh, his group, um, Comet is Comet, they were down to play Coachella, and like you know, like I think Yusuf and Tom Mish had some dates in North America. And my girlfriend, she was planning her North America tour um, as well. So like you know, like I said before, like we're, we're all in the same position. So if we can come together and still like you know have some creative output, then 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 why not? So um yeah just like more yeah i guess you're more powerful as a community you know and, and with our sort of uh outlets together than just like individually we saw i mean over the last few weeks so many different artists have been like live streaming and live instagram storying what's been keeping you going have you been immersing yourself in books and movies and music and other cultural distractions and inspiration through this or is there like one um, one thing you find yourself returning to every day for sanity and inspiration? Oh, um, I've been pretty close buying a PlayStation 4, but I've stayed away from it. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a lot like, of people say the same thing. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, we need to go on Mario Kart. There's some crazy Mario Kart tournament or something. Yeah. I'm, I, I can't do it, you know. Um, <laughs> but who knows? But... Um, but yeah, but in terms of like, you know, like some of the vinyl and records which I bought, like stuff which I haven't even like, I bought it in Japan like last year in like October and I've completely forgot and now like re-listening to that and like, oh shit, like, you know, <laughs> this is amazing. Why didn't I like, you know, pay more attention to it? And I guess it's the same with loads of books and magazines and stuff which I've like picked up on the way, you know, just like thinking, oh, like this might be interesting to look into. So definitely sort of like that that space has enabled me creatively to like because you know it's so quick so I, sometimes i don't even have the chance to like look at stuff and really read yeah. into it because i've got production meeting or signing this off or collaboration or someone wants this or like you know do you know what i mean so i definitely think from that perspective like just having the time to to sort of um to like reinvest and re-look at things which you know i've been sort of hoarding but yeah but not but not paying attention to um for sure uh but in terms of anything else i mean i mean yeah i mean yeah just probably what's that. the sound what's just give us the soundtrack to your uh your quarantine my soundtrack to my quarantine um i guess right now probably listening to uh there's this group called um lunch money life they're 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 like a uk group so jazz experimental prog 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 rock um they just dropped some new music and they're like really really like you know spencer also holds a night called church of sound and he's had like billy harper play there and like tony allen like really really nice like um set up with him and lex so and and his group lunch money they just like dropped something which was like pretty it's it's pretty out there for sure <laughs> but like it's good i get you know because they're like my peers and like you know people which like i really respect and then you know mentioning shabaka he was about to go on tour with uh the ancestors his other group um north america now that's all been completely cancelled but they just dropped their new album um on impulse records which was which is really really good so i've been listening to that quite a lot um church of yeah. sound is just like the best title for a night ever yeah 
Yeah. If, if we it, ever get to fly it, on planes and gather again, I'm going to fly yeah. on a plane to London at a time where I can go to the Church of Sound. Church of Sound. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like it, it, it's such a good event. And, uh, you know, like it's, uh, you know, in terms of like seeing live music and some of the best like UK performers, jazz singers, musicians, and, you know, greats like Billy Harper, like to see him perform there was pretty nuts. So, like Tony Allen on drums and who else? The yeah. OG Tony Allen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, it's, it's definitely, you know, um, nice to, 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 well, yeah, it'd be, hopefully there'll be a time when that can, can happen again. So. Something to look forward to. Yeah. yeah. We'll yeah, be there. Definitely. Church of definitely. Sound over Zoom isn't like quite the same interview. <laughs> <laughs> zoom of sound. You can't Zoom everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, who else? Who else? Um, yeah, Yusuf and Tom Mish just dropped some some really nice tunes as well. Um, on also on, no, on Blue Note. Yeah, yeah, dropped on Blue Note. So they're doing some yeah. really cool stuff right now. So. All right. Well, we just hooked you up with the Nicholas Daly Quarantine Ultimate playlist. I'm I'm going in this this Friday afternoon. Nicholas is going to be everything you just named. Starting yeah. with lunch money. What was lunch, money lunch money life lunch money life we'll report back they're probably the most intense but like yeah spend that's what we life. need it's, it's good yeah the, these times call it's quarantine for- baby it's intense yeah. i'm ready <laughs> I'm, i need it. to it, go i'm ready for a mind expander um, it, yeah it can't, journey <laughs> it can't be all mellow vibes or else we'll just kind of like we'll get too mellow. soft you know yeah, yeah, yeah you gotta, it'll just yeah. We'll, we'll just be a puddle um all right we're we're way over time thanks nicholas for hanging with us for so long i think normally we would do 13 vibes but you gave us your tea elixir recipe you gave us us karate and you gave us uh enough music to get us at least through the weekend uh plus extra added intensity and um just just i know times are tough for all of us and thanks for coming on and chatting and uh we all we got your back yeah. big time here so yeah we're here if you need anything and we may uh ask you a favor too if we need something <laughs> <laughs> we've got some projects to just just as this thing hit we were working on a project together and um we'll we'll come yeah, back to that sure. we'll come back to that sooner than later yeah, for sure yeah 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 no um it's a pleasure to to chat to you all and thanks for reaching out to to listen to my to to my to my perspective on everything going on but you know it's just good to stay connected you know like in terms of designers and you know people like yourself with gq and you know it's definitely like we've got to just just keep on pushing forward in it that's it that's right that is it (laughs) thanks nicholas we're honored thank you so much we'll talk to you soon all right y'all bye y'all